Rain pelts down on a city so gothic that it almost pisses you off. The chief bellows from his office within the depths of the stations. Kardashian! (laughs) What's the matter, chief? That time of the month? Damn it, Kardashian! That's This is the fourth partner this month that we've assigned to work with you that's decided to quit the force. You may be a fucking excellent detective, but you are not worth the headache sometimes. Chief, have I ever told you that you remind me of my ex-wife? Have I also told you that period blood makes me uncomfortable? God damn it, Kardashian. If I wasn't so in awe of you as a man, so impressed by you as a professional, and low-key so attracted to you as a potential lover, I would fire your sculpt ass where you damn stand. I get that each month one of the ovaries releases an egg, a process called ovulation. At the same time, hormonal changes prepare the uterus for pregnancy. And if ovulation takes place and the egg isn't fertilized, the lining of the uterus sheds through the vagina. This is what's called the menstrual period. But for some reason, even around romantic partners that I've been incredibly intimate with, I've always felt tremendously uncomfortable knowing that this natural process is occurring. (laughs) Well, I think I've found a fitting partner for you now, Detective K. Someone you won't be so easily persuaded. The door to the chief's office slowly creeps open, revealing a tall, strangely voluptuous, but incredibly masculine figure. You're the detective. Oh, no. Yeah, I am. Sorry, my bad. (laughs) Oh, wait. No, I wrote it wrong. It is your line. Go. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. That's all right. (laughs) You remember your brother, don't you? Detective Kyle Lee Kardashian? (gasps) Kyle Lee. Who's Kyle Lee? (laughs) I'm Kyle Lee, sorry. (laughs) Have I ever told you that you both remind me of my ex-wives? Thunder cracks in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) There were so many typos. You did so well. That's fine. That's fine. I love that. I think this is really shaping up to be a wonderful saga. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. You're doing a good job. Welcome to meet you, everyone. Welcome to meet you. That was part three of uh, Detective Kim Kardashian uh, and the, uh, the introduction of the brother Kyle Lee, who uh, Kyle hyphen Lee, who knows, who knows what will happen next? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> My name's Robbie. With me is Dart. It's a pleasure to be with you again, and uh, we've got a lot to get through today. So I want to do a follow up on the question that I put to the audience last week. Mm. The question was: Has there ever been a male singer as ugly and as successful as Ed Sheeran? That was a question um, by my friend Sophie, and we had a couple of good entries, Post Malone and Elton John, and I, I think I have to agree. Yeah, so I, I I definitely agree with Elton John. I think I've got, because I've got so much affection for Elton John, I see him, his face triggers a positive emotion when I see it, but that being said, he is conventionally, like, really ugly, right? I mean, as you said, he's like a bug-eyed freak, like bug-eyed. 
<laughs> yeah, he looks really like he's holding his breath. He's like buck tooth, bug eyed, <laughs> gat tooth freak. Um, but I disagree with Post Malone. I think Post Malone's attractive. He, look, for sure, I would say, you know, if you put him on a scale, you'd have to prefer Post to Ed. Yeah. For sure. But um, yeah, yeah. I guess that they're, they're on the different ends of the tattoo spectrum, aren't they? Post seems like he's a bit nerdy. But he's not as desperate. Ed seems like one of those tattoo guys that's like a desperate nerd. That's like, it really doesn't wear well on them. Yeah. Know? Does Ed have tattoos? Yeah. I think famously he's got like this, I don't know, I, I feel sick that I know this, but he's got this like evolving tapestry on his arm that <gasps> um, has <laughs> a different little moment for everywhere that he's gone kind of thing. I don't oh, know. It's, no, no, no. And, and, but it's, it's one of those ones that like is really technicolor and- Oh, to me, it really doesn't suit anybody, let alone a pasty little bug-eyed Englishman. (laughs) (laughs) Very funny. Um, It looks fucked. It really looks fucked. It's also interesting comparing Post Malone and Ed Sheeran because I I think they're both people that you would argue or whoever is into them would argue have like a boyish charm. And I think that Post pulls it off so much better than Ed. Like, Ed Ed really does look like a, a boy to me, which in a, yeah. In a nutshell, I think we could both agree Post Malone would have better bedside manner. I think that Ed Sheeran, yeah. he would be a bit of a nightmare in the sack. I think he'd hit it and quit it in a really, really flagrant and boyish way, mm. you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Post, would, he'd, he'd, he'd smoke with you. Yeah, for sure. And there'd be a bit of, you know- There'd be a bit more intimacy, I think, with Post. Ed would really just treat you like a piece of trash, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Hey, Robbie, I just wanted to say congratulations, man, on 50 episodes of Welcome to Meet You. Isn't it cool? Congratulations to you as well. Yeah, c- congratulations. Thank you. And and The biggest podcast in Australasia. Yeah, it, 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 I think we became the biggest at around 20. Yeah. And have continued to kind of break records since then. And it's been dope. Um, and and shouts out to all of you Pisscolders who've, uh, you know, rated us and, and listened to every episode and gotten in contact with us. It's uh, extremely honoured. But uh, I actually planned on making this a little bit of a special one. And I will just say straight off the bat that my plans have failed. And I wanted to just briefly touch on that. Sure. If I could. Uh, <clears throat> so I had some very lofty grand plans uh, and I reached out to a regular pod fixture, Orianthi. Oh my God. I reached out on Cameo. Um, the, for those who don't know, Cameo, it's like a site where you can pay a pretty exorbitant amount of money to have a, a short clip from a celebrity. They they have the pay for a message function. They also have just the obviously pay for Cameo for, for them to. And what I, she's only, she's only got limited availability is what I noticed because I've been watching her account for like all year in preparation for this. So I was on a wait list and I got emailed literally like three weeks ago and it was perfect. And she, it said she had 10 cameo slots available. So to get in quick and I was watching them go down. Um, so I bought one. It was a hundred and 
$60 US. And I was willing <laughs> to do it from my personal pocket because I thought it would be so worth it. I wanted to surprise you with it. And I really hate being like, this is what I was going to do and I haven't done it. But, dude, um, she rejected it. That's so sad. I know. And, like, you know, part of me was a little because, like, I was asking her to congratulate you and I for 50 episodes of a podcast when we, like, kind of did rip through her music video um, when we talked about it ages ago. But Yeah, but who's heard that? <laughs> yeah, who, exactly. I don't think she listened to it, obviously. Uh, she just flat out just uh, didn't do it. It, it elapsed the time and that was that. So, um, so, so what? So, so, so you put through, let me just understand. So you put through the request, the proposal. Came out of my money. Yeah. It came out of my account. Yeah. And, and you got just an email saying no. I got an email saying that the, her seven day window to deliver the request had lapsed and therefore they had uh, just refunded me. And that was that. Oh, okay. No so you got refunded. That That's, that's good. I got refunded. Yes. All right. Well, I reckon. Let's let's continue this pursuit. You know, maybe we could do it mm. for like the 60th or some other sort of milestone. But I, I really think that would be super important. Um, yeah, I think just, so. Just in our lifetimes to get Orianthi to say such a thing to us. Would be I really would great. love it. Yeah. Yeah, I would love I really, it. Yeah, good yeah. on you. That's a wonderful idea. Thanks. Thanks. Have you thought about Dope Lemon? <laughs> he's actually on there. He is nope. actually on no, there. He's actually, no, he's not really. I, I think he's actually on there. And it's that is so, so pathetic. It's so funny that you say that because I remember him sticking out because oh, it really is a graveyard Jesus. for dead careers. And I don't mean that in a judgmental way. I, like who knows where these people are at in their life. It just tends to be a graveyard for like smaller people who need to do this kind of stuff to make ends meet and then people whose careers are kind of behind them and now they're doing whatever else don't have as much of a stream of income and they're willing to do these these cameos. Can I ask you? Yeah. Is the preacher's girl on it? Oh, uh, Manfredi. Yeah. She would have way too big of an ego to be on it. Do you want me to look now? <laughs> Sarah, I'll look right now. Sarah Manfredi. I just have to say, like, I mean, I've, I've held my breath for however long now, but- yeah, um, me and Dart have been well. Basically, it's it's Dart has been sending me <laughs> ever since she started a solo career. Dart will send me intermittently all the appearances she has on various ads and little sort of ads for her songs and bits of music videos and promos. Yeah. Every single thing that comes up on his feed gets sent to me, and I see it all. And um, it's not pretty, is it? Like it's it's, it's not pretty. It's I, really the opposite of pretty. It's pretty hard to watch. That yeah. initial Pete Preacher song, we agree. Fun, great song, beautiful song, great song. Absolutely, what a what a track. But um, her solo career, like you know, she she's got someone who Robbie and I love. Uh, Kieran J. Callahan is on some writing production for it. She and and you know she's 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 doing this whole thing, and and it is I I've never seen less engagement f- from the public with a relaunched solo career. Than but it's not Sarah even like, Freddy's. regardless of that, it's just, it, it's so tired. I hate to. Yeah. I guess we'll just leave it. I don't know. Like it's, it, it just feels mean to say this. Stuff, she's not, but. she's not on cameo. Um, okay. The, 
the other one I was gonna get was uh, I was gonna get um, uh, Taze on Day, Chocolate Rain. Oh, that'd be he's great. Yeah, he would. Yeah, that would have been great. And I, I love him, but um, yeah, I heard another podcast did it the exact same thing, and right. I was like, ah, all right, fuck it. So anyway, that's my cameo misadventures. Fair enough. Hey, um, I've got a bit of an update with the No Noise Neighbors that I mentioned last week. Oh, okay, yeah, tell. They're moving. <laughs> <gasps> Okay, how did you come by this information? I was putting out the washing. They had to go get there, loading it up. I was like, oh, what's going on? We're moving. They had a GoPro attached to a drone, watching the door, making sure you were gone. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I said, wow, okay. Because they'd only been there like a few months. And I said, oh, what's going on? They said, do you hear that drummer? I said, oh, yeah, there's there's a sort of a, a moderately talented drummer that's moved into a house. You've nearby. talked about the drummer. But it's a different guy. No, this is a different guy. Oh, it's a different drummer. Um, okay. So, this guy, this new guy is actually kind of talented. It's okay to sort of hear okay. the beats. But they admittedly sometimes does go a little bit into the night in a way that's a little sure. bit annoying. But anyway, I was like, oh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, don't really hear it that much. They're like, yeah, we hate it. We're moving. Uh, and it just- um, Wild. That is so fitting. Isn't that wild? That is, and this it, is this serious? This is serious. This is serious. That's that's crazy. I said, have you spoken to the guy? They said, no, we're moving. And I, we're just going to move. And I, I just, it just struck me like a ton of bricks. Like the extent of this aversion to human interaction that they have, just how staggering it is. Where does and- that leave you with your irritation about it and your- you, you've got to want to do a final hurrah. <laughs> I might try and do something, yeah. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. But um, I, I just, I can't believe it. They'd rather go through the pain and the expense of moving in Sydney, which is just, you know, relentlessly competitive yeah. right now, rather than just going and knocking on the door, say, hey, mate, 2 a.m. drum practice, maybe not a good, a good idea for this neighbourhood, eh? You know, Wild. like, anyway, so that's the update there. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. All right. Not autistic. Well. I'm pretty sure not autistic. <laughs> okay. All right. I've told Let's some people not. about this and they're like, oh, sounds autistic. I was like, no, nah, definitely not. I'm no, sure. Definitely not. <laughs> I'm hey, certain. I've got an update. I've got a quick update for my dumb and dumber arc. Uh, I had a couple of Instagram messages being worried that I had uh, kind of left my village idiot arc. Definitely not. The other night, um, every night, what usually happens is my partner and I put on a TV show. I'm a bit more of a night owl than my partner. My partner is a nurse. She works, you know, full on shifts and she usually falls asleep on the couch. Uh, and before we go to bed, I make her a hot water bottle, right? And you carry her to the nest? <laughs> I don't carry her. No, I, I wake her up and, um, but I've got the hot water bottle in the, in the warming the spot for her. Okay. Um, that's nice. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I was making the hot water bottle, uh, the other night and, um, I, uh, I left the kitchen light off. I was, my eyes were heavy. I was, I was tired. I like, I left the kitchen light off and it, you know, you have to, for those who have done hot water bottle before you, you, the kettle's quite full. So it's quite heavy. And then I'm holding the hot water bottle and you're kind of holding it around the edge and like, you know, you need to pour it carefully. And of course I just fucking missed the end of the hot water bottle and just cascaded boiling water down my left hand. Absolutely. Oh. And I I let out like a, it was like a delay and then I let out like a screech. You I hadn't would've. heard that sound from me before. It, it was really bad. Like my, my hands all like uh, it, it's not it doesn't look that bad, to be honest. It still stings, but it's, it's red. Like it definitely fucked me up. And I just went was like, like I let out this screech 
and um, yeah, fuck, it really sorry, alarmed yeah. my partner. Uh, yeah, no, that's okay. But um, definitely, uh, I feel like a villain from um, uh, the original like Home Alone series. There is this really short, really compelling, but really fucked up short story by David Foster Wallace that I recommend that you read. You can find it online pretty easily. Okay. Uh, let me just. It just comes to mind because it's about a burning. Um, Ooh. Incarnations of burned children. Oh, jeez. It is Sounds really like fucked up. But you you should read it, and you might you might find some sort of uh, <laughs> understanding there. Incarnations of burned children. Yeah, sorry to hear about that burning though. That that is horrible. Thanks. Thanks. Um, now let's let's get into this because uh, we might might have a few things to say about this. We both went and saw this new Jordan Peele movie. It's called Nope. You've probably seen the billboards and the ads and the hype. What did you see? Hmm? That's big. How big? Big. What'd it look like? I don't know. It was fast. Too fast. Too quiet to be a plane. OJ. Are you saying what I think you're saying? We were both pretty keen for it, I think. Dart, you really liked Get Out. You weren't so keen on us. I think I was the opposite. But we both generally were keen for this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Went and saw it in the cinema with a couple of buds uh, on Saturday night. I think the same night that you saw it, Robbie. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really liked it. Uh, there was a few things that I, I didn't like about it. Um, but ultimately, what I said leaving uh, to my friends is... So basically like, you know, it, this is a bit of a spoiler. We're going to be spoiling. And this is a movie that if you haven't seen yet, and it is quite fresh, there is some stuff that will change your viewing of it. So spoiler alert, you might want to skip forward if you haven't seen it yet, but basically it's an alien movie or, you know, seems to be, uh, it is an alien movie. And, um, I said, it gave me it really, I really appreciated how the film was able to take something, you know, there's a scene where, because this alien, uh, you think it's a ship, of course, because it looks like a flying saucer, but then the big, the kind of twist is that it turns out to be an organic alien. It's not actually a ship. It's a single being, it seems. And there's this moment in it where the, the whole movie, uh, something else that works for me as well, is the movie has this really aesthetic kind of uh, consistency of like blue skies and, and deep tones. And then when they chuck in like, uh, you know, the, the protagonist at the end wears like a high vis, like orange shirt it becomes really striking because of how consistent the film is with color. Um, but there's this scene where they realize that this alien is, is there and it, it kind of hides in the clouds where he's out looking at this cloud uh, in this ranch. And he says that cloud hasn't moved in weeks. And it's this, you know, beautiful blue sky, all the clouds are moving, you know, in the wind as they do. And then this one cloud is just sitting there over this hill and you you can't see anything, but you know that the alien is like nesting in this cloud in the, in the, in the air. And I just think it's really masterful to take something as innocuous and as, as usually something so 
innocent and, and beautiful as a blue sky and somehow make that horrifying. I really appreciated that. The film gave me a feeling of kind of terror about what it would feel like to be in a situation with extraterrestrials that I really loved and, and, and got uh, when I was young from Independence Day because I was young. I don't know if that movie holds up. And then since then, um, from uh, from uh, Signs and also uh, Arrival by Dennis Villeneuve, which is another f- alien film that I'd really recommend. But I think uh, I loved it. I loved that. Uh, what about you? Yeah, cool. I I really agree with you on how he's able to make the yeah the usual unsettling. You know, um, yeah. Midsommar is I think a great example of that sort of day horror thing. You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and this sort of touched on that in a small way. But yeah, I reckon. Look, there's I think the thing about Peel Jordan Peel is that there's a lot of content in his movies, and whether you like yes. it or not, it's there's, there are so many different ways of interpreting his stuff, which is cool and fun. But with this movie, again, generally enjoyed it, but I do feel when I leave his movies, <clears throat> I'm left with like um, a very slightly incomplete feeling, like a lack of overall cohesion that's that's kind of hard to describe. But I, I sort of, yeah. I get that he's laying foundations here and there, and there's really cool stuff going on, and there's good performances, and it's cool, and it's good. But when I walk away, I, I have this, it just- um, I don't know. It just doesn't fully cohere. I can understand that. I, th- I think we, me and my friends, did the same thing. Something that we were kind of feverishly discussing afterwards was the scene flashing back um, to the kid who encountered the monkey going apeshit and killing everyone. Uh, what What the significance of the shoe standing up on its own was. We Do you have any theories about that? Great question. I think it just looks kind of funny. <laughs> Is that so? Was it because what we figured out was the significance because the character had the shoe in a glass case and he was looking at it. So was it the phenomenon of the shoe being like that that stopped him from looking in the monkey's eyes directly that saved him? Is, is that the significance? Yeah, maybe. I think one of the other points that I've heard about that character's situation in the movie, it appears as if he hasn't really processed his trauma completely. And so the way that he engages with his experience there is through the SNL reenactment of his experience. You know, he's he's very effusive about that Saturday Night Live sketch that- Which is interesting given that Jordan Peele is of Mad TV alumni. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think apparently that's a thing. I don't know much about this, but apparently if you're not fully at peace with your trauma, there's, you know, there's a dissonance with how you feel towards it and and uh, maybe talk about it, you know? It's definitely something that's explored in, in horror films. Um, I get that. I guess I thought in a movie, like I was that, can a shoe land like that? Like I, I think I would need to watch again to 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 know whether that was just a natural phenomenon or whether I thought, because I thought the film was trying to relay that there was some kind of supernatural occurrence. The lights were like flickering and shit. I don't know. But the alien that we saw. If you've seen the movie, I I find it particularly funny that the shoe is the main thing that you want to talk about with it. Really? Uh, (laughs) Of all the things. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I mean, no, no, I think it is. I think you, you, uh, maybe I've been too flippant with it. And, um, but, uh, 
I, I reckon regardless of like particularities in this movie, I think my mate Mitch had a really great point, which is like whether you like or dislike Jordan Peele's movies, it is just really cool to be there for an artist from the start. You know, often we witness the greats midway through their career or long after they're dead, but we can sort of, yeah, it's kind of cool to be there. It is the fun. Start. I agree. And um, it's funny It's funny you, you, you kind of call me out on that just because um, <laughs> so I went with, three friends uh, and we were all uh, kind of walking around the shopping centre after walking back to the car and we were in tears laughing about like postulating about the significance of this shoe because we all had our theories and one of our one of our mates theories uh, who who always shies away from more like artsy films and stuff he said um maybe it just wasn't a thing <laughs> and we were we were laughing, unpacking everyone's theory, and then we'd go back to him, my mate Justin, and we say, and Justin, just just to understand your mind and where you're at, you're thinking maybe Jordan Peele put this in, but it's not a thing. It's just not <laughs> a thing. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's not a thing. I'm like, all right, cool. And it's just such a funny <laughs> thing to entertain that it was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh, Jordan Peele's interviewed later. It's like, oh, so what, the shoe, like what's going on there? It's like, oh, that, yeah, that wasn't a thing. That wasn't a thing. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, very, you, you get the sense that everything's very intentional. I mean, like with any movie, I guess, but particularly, you know, when it comes to Jordan Peele stuff, I think. Can we touch on core feelings? Because I reckon that because there's such a wealth of content in this movie, like you can just, there are so many ways of, tackling it was there one sort of angle or feeling or theme that struck out most to you as being like the overarching kind of feeling of it for me um it's the act of looking away maintains your reality yeah that that yeah for sure and that's pivoting off one of bride's feelings about this movie that she she reckons it's about footage and gaining footage and sort of footage being the hinge on legitimacy uh at in, in this you know current climate and uh, i reckon a really good example um or foil for this idea is that uh, really determined mirror helmet reporter that you know just go pursues the story and the footage to the death you know yeah for sure i agree with with you and brides on that um and and kind of will take it a step further in my interpretation and 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 would be interested to know what you think that i got um i felt like the hidden message or theme of this movie was yes about footage but more so about um African-Americans' role and the erasure of their history in filmmaking. So at the start when, because they own Hollywood horses and and, and they, they're an African-American-owned uh, show horse um, family-owned business that goes to movie sets and lends their horses and they do tricks and, and, and you know, whatever else are needed on film. And... Um, what the sister says in her opening spiel to the basically all white crew who are kind of looking at them like aliens um, because they're like, you know, the help and they're, they're farmers and, you know, they think that, that you can, you kind of get this sense that the, the, the cast of, of, of the, the Hollywood people are a little bit annoyed with them and stuff. Um, she says that, did you know, and this is true, that the first known film is a uh, recurring five-second reel of an African-American man riding a horse. 
and then she says, this man is, uh, no one knows, has known who he is. Uh, he was never talked to again. Like, you know, the first man to ever, to, so many firsts to appear on films, uh, to ride a horse on film, to do all these things. And he's not a significant person at all. And then um, later in the film, when they're talking about the getting the alien, uh, trying to get the, the whole kind of motive or, or, or mission is to capture footage of the alien to try and leverage this to get fame and fortune, basically, because the alien's on their property, it's attacking them, and they think, why not? This is our moment. Um, and later in the film you hear them say, uh, we need to, because it, um, a bunch of people go missing and the internet gets a hold of it, and that's when that, as Robbie said, that mirrored bike, uh, motorbike rider comes in to try and get the footage himself. And the sister says they'll do what they always do. They'll come in and try and take it for take the moment for themselves. So I think what it was a commentary on was how white people, white culture took filmmaking, took the phenomenon of film and and ran with it out of the original person's hands that it was in, which was an African-American person's hands. Yeah, interesting. I totally see Did that. Did you get that? Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I mean, okay, they made cool. a real point of highlighting that little two-second clip of the the horse rider. It's a pretty inspired thing to try and communicate in a film, I think. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom. Uh, you know, the, the other big one. You know, I guess you can sort of, you can label the alien whatever you like. I mean, Bride's mentioned maybe like climate change might be a good way of fitting that. You know, these sorts of ideas where you sort of the, both the act of looking away and only engaging for profit, I suppose, kind of is like a bit of a, I guess, a toxic equation. Um, I kind of really, the things I didn't like about it so much were the chapter format. I think that was really like distracting and Oh, wow. Yeah. I forgot about that. That didn't work at all, did it? Yeah, really. They named a chapter after each horse and it, it didn't. I can't think of any correlation. I didn't. Nah. Even, I did not. I, th- I thought that was. I thought that was a bad move. No. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. But yeah, good title as well. I think. Nope. You know, it's got many modes of expression. You know, you can. It's uh, colloquial and nuanced as well. You got the avoidance and rejection, but it can also be defiance or resilient. You know. Yeah, for sure. And I think. I think the lead, the protagonist, um, he he was fantastic. He had this kind of like grouchy, like one note uh, way about him that I think that was was really effective. I think something that didn't work for me though, um, the humour in it, uh, I don't think it came off as charming and as hilarious as Jordan Peele intended it to. Um, it fell a little bit flat for me. Uh, it was a little bit, I don't know, busy. I don't know. I just felt. No, I feel that. Mm, yeah, I, I can't really articulate why. It was just like. It, it also seemed, again, I, I make this complaint about so many films, I just missed a lot of dialogue. Like, I, I'm in a cinema listening. I'm not on my phone. I'm looking at the screen. And I simply just don't understand what a lot of people say on screen. Uh, do you have this? Or do, should I go get my ears checked? I, I definitely do have that a little bit. And I think, yeah, definitely. Have, when was the last time you got your ears checked? I don't know. Never? Literally, don't yeah, know. go and do it. I think you can get it for free pretty easily from different places. Okay. Um, yeah. So maybe that's an, a me issue, but I always have to watch with subtitles. Well, we're getting um, older, you know. We are going to be losing our hearing. Like, it's just the way true, it is. True. Um, a couple more things I'll say that I loved about it was, uh, I very quickly, I loved 
the um the shot within the practical shots of the alien inside the alien were really oh, awesome and it's horrifying and and Kubrick-esque, you know, they were fucking awesome. And one of my favorite things, like I just loved that when the alien was moving around the house, um, you could hear the screams of all the yet to be digested people it had eaten from that carnival, like yes. kind of echoing. That was horrific. Like what a cool thing to put in a horror movie, right? <laughs> That was awesome. Uh, no, um, that was really good. Yeah, yeah. No, really some really cool. like really truly like thrilling and terrifying like, you know, parts to this. Yeah, and just lastly, I just wanted to quickly say Robbie that I think just to kind of add to your the feeling of non-completeness that you're f- walking out of Jordan P- Peele films with. A lot of people are drawing comparisons to Jordan Peele and M Night Shyamalan, and I think he's a filmmaker who makes films like that sometimes. Oh, right. You know, it's such a cool idea and so much has gone into it and there's so much to scratch your head about, but ultimately- it, he maybe doesn't have he, – he's got so much talent, but maybe he just – he isn't quite at that level yet to be able to bring it home in a way that we want from what he's shown us so far. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. Who Beautiful. Um, so this is obviously a uh, reversion of what we usually do, which is Who Ugly. Uh, I just think let's try something else. So this week, my pick is is boring and it is predictable, but I am going with Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> I saw Some Like It Hot last night on the big screen. It's a 1959 picture, Billy Wilder. Um I did Sunset Boulevard and Ace in the Hole and it's got Jack Lemmon, Marilyn Monroe and Tony Curtis in it. And she is, she really is a sight to behold. You know, she's a, a very beautiful person. I've never seen her on screen. 
a very and you know, it's bizarre, you know, like just how much it holds up, you know, how much her beauty holds up through the ages. Hell yeah. My Hugh Beautiful, Hugh Beautiful, who beautiful for this week is uh, actress Jean Smart. Um, she's she's seventy years old now. She was a she's the lead in the twenty twenty one show Hacks, which I've oh, recommended that's before. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just think um, you know she's had a long and storied career. She was in Frasier. She's in a whole bunch of stuff, and she's just timeless. Timeless beauty uh, has aged. You know, I think women have it tough when it comes to, like, ageing uh, and the pressures on them there. And, you know, she's an old woman. For, from what I see, I'm sure she's got had whatever work's done. But regardless, she still looks great. And, uh, yeah, she's just a fantastic actress, uh, full of grace, full of charisma. And uh, Jean Smart says being a single mother has been unimaginable. <laughs> the horrors. <laughs> I'm not sure whether that's positive or negative. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen The Babadook? I have, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, might, yeah. Okay. Did you see the other one by that director? Um, oh, God, what was it called? The Nightingale. No. Maybe we should see that. I've heard, I mean, I've heard have it's very full it? on. I have not seen it, but I've been meaning to for a while. And I've, it's because, yeah. I love The Babadook. So if. If let's let's watch it then. Let's do it. We'll do the right. Nightingale do next do it for week. Oh, oh, no, no. I've seen Nightingale. I'm happy to chat about it, but I've seen it. Oh, we don't have to then. All right. Well, I'll just quickly say it fucking sucks. I hate that movie. You hate it? Yeah, you would hate it too. Really? Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. So I've just been saying. Yeah, I won't, I won't tell you why you would hate it because you'd need to watch it yourself. It's a bit of a spoiler, but it's a... It's uh, it does something pretty unforgivable in my opinion. I've heard there was a lot of there were a lot of walkouts. Yeah, I would have walked out if I knew how it was going to end. Like you know, it, it, it puts you through the paces. It puts you through some of the worst shit you'll ever see on screen for no reason. Like that's what's upsetting about it. You know what I mean? It's like it's like uh, ho- it's like gross horror porn for for nothing. Yeah, it's um, ups- it, it, it's a uh, a disappointing film but whatever fuck it i don't give a fuck all right that's all right <laughs> my hand hurts <laughs> hey uh thanks so much to- <laughs> um thanks Robbie. Right. happy 50th 50th episode my my young padawan <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much we'll uh, yeah hope you have a good week uh good day whatever and um love you all bye